0: Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning.
1: Hi everybody, and welcome to the January 23rd episode of the Mystic Access Podcast. She's Kim. He's Chris. And we have some stuff to talk about today, as usual.
0: Yes, hopefully it will be interesting to you.
1: Absolutely.
0: First, we're very excited to let you guys know that we have our first product release of 2024 ready
1: for you. Staying safe from scams.
0: Yes. Now, we've talked about this a little earlier on the podcast. We did a class about this earlier, and this was supposed to be out way before now, but this product kind of took on a life of its own, (laughs) so we have a lot of different parts and pieces to it. We talk about all kinds of different scams, be they internet scams, email scams, postal mail scams, text scams, dating scams all kinds of things and we show how they're similar how they're different and how they evolve over time
1: exactly as a matter of fact in the conclusion when we recorded it there was a scam event that came out where we talk about that too and in the podcast that we're going to talk about now there was a scam baiter and for those don't know a scam baiter is a person who baits the scammers so that they waste their time so they're not calling you. And some of these scam baiters, they actually let the uh, scammers connect to their computer because they're sophisticated, they know what they're doing. They have all kinds of different phone numbers and stuff so they're not giving out their real information. They also have virtual machines so that they can trash the virtual machine when the scammer is off of it. And some scam baiters. Just don't have that kind of knowledge or sophistication, so they take care of the scammers in a way that they can. So, again, they are wasting the scammers' time, so the scammer isn't calling you.
0: So, let us tell you a little bit about how this is set up. We initially based this off of an event that we held last spring, and we pre recorded it and had a lot of really good information. In addition to that, afterwards, we took questions from event participants and heard their stories. And we included these anonymously in the product. So you don't hear anybody's name or anything like that. So all their stories are anonymously shared. And that is part of the product. So those of you who came to that class actually helped us considerably in creating this product. So stories were shared that way. In addition to that, however, there are new sections to this. I did an entire section, it's about 20 minutes, a little less than 20 minutes, of information of just reading you scam emails that I've received that purport to be from companies that they are not from, (laughs) like PayPal, for instance. And some of them are really hilarious, but they're very scary if you act on them. So there's a whole section on that as well. There's a ton of additional information, definitely at least an hour's worth of additional information that we recorded and inserted into the event material itself. So it's about three and a half hours in total of material. So if you were someone who came to the original event, there's definitely new stuff that you have not checked out. If you'd like to check this out. If you also want an idea before you buy, you can go to mysticaccessdownloads.com and just type the word scams into the search box and you will find the free version of this. And what this is, is an extended version. And this took hundreds of hours of research really to put together and be able to speak confidently on it, because this is something we've been looking at for a long time. And we wanted to make something specifically from a blindness perspective for those of you who may be wondering how this works. So we tried to do it in a somewhat unique way than you may have heard about this material previously. We're also going to include a resource list. So there's going to be a list of links available for you to check out more information. And there are some that we actually mentioned in the audio as well. And hopefully that will give you some interesting places to take this information as well if you want to learn more. Of course, you can certainly learn more on your own as well if you want to do some more deep diving into what's out there. Because as we were saying, this stuff is always evolving. So that's an option for you. I just want to mention something real quick in relation to this and our other products. Unless we tell you specifically on a page that there's a transcript of our products, there is not. I've had a lot of people lately contact me thinking that our products were available either in braille or as a transcript. And currently that's not the case. We'll probably never have the ability to do any kind of braille. You would have to use your own embosser if you had one or find someone who did and print out a transcript. But right now, we don't have a really economical way to create transcripts of our products. And that's something that we've talked about, something we know that many of you want and that we'd like to do in future. But right now, it's not a thing. So unless we tell you otherwise, our material is audio only. So thanks for understanding how that works. We do have this scam product currently on sale. So you will save automatically if you purchase in the next month. Month. So you've got a month to purchase it at the discounted price. We're excited about it. We hope that it will interest you and perhaps a lot of people you know will find it interesting as well. So if you buy it and like it, please recommend it to your friends. We would definitely appreciate it.
1: In the last episode, we talked about a little vacation or a little getaway that we were going to do in March. We did. And by the sounds of our voices, you can probably tell that that's not going to happen.
0: It's not. Do you remember a while back when we talked about our summer fun things that we did on our kind of staycation around home? One of the things that we did in preparing for those things was, if you remember, to contact the venues, the places we wanted to visit, and see if they could accommodate us. And this is a situation in which I'm really glad that we chose to do that again, although not for the same reasons.
1: We were going to go to 90s Con in Connecticut. Yes. Which means airfare. It means hotel. It means tickets. It means... Food. Food. Breakfast, lunches, and dinners or something. Souvenirs. Right.
0: And that was going to cost because we're a couple. So everything is times two. And this is a weekend thing. So it was going to be Friday, saturday and sunday and probably three nights friday night saturday night and sunday night
1: so we contacted the venue actually
0: was it the venue or the company that was over it
1: it was the company that was over it so it was not the convention center it was the company that puts these things together and we're not going to say their name no we don't we don't
0: have any interest in grinding the axe legally at this point in time Although we understand that some of you will say that's the only way to make things change. And we don't necessarily disagree with you. But this is a situation we would, at this point, just kind of like to forget happened because it made us angry.
1: <laughs> it did. So what had happened was is we, I contacted the overseers. I don't even know what to call them. But they put the shows together. Was
0: it like a support address? or?
1: It was an info address. Mm-hmm. It was an info address for your queries, So I wrote them a nice message about how we're totally blind, blah, 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 this and that and the other thing. We're
0: a couple. We're excited to come.
1: I mentioned that I used volunteers to go to a Star Wars convention back in 2011. I used a volunteer and she hung out with me all day. And, you know, we went from place to place. We met, you know, celebrities and stuff like that, which is what you're going to do at a 90s con.
0: Yes, it's a con. For those of you who don't really know what these are, this is an event where people related to the particular con in question will come and hang out, and they will have meet and greets. There will be panels associated with different topics of interest to attendees. There's all kinds of cool stuff that goes on. So, depending on, again, which con you're going to will depend on who shows up. But this one, obviously, by the sound of it, is people from the 90s so people actors singers etc who were popular in the 90s and we thought this would be a fun thing to do especially after we began seeing who was going to show up and we thought well this would be fun this is something that we both enjoy and we can just have one volunteer between us and we can kind of sacrifice some things for each other and each of us can hit our highlights
1: right so i get this nice auto response and it's somewhere down in the middle of the Auto response email, it had mentioned the ADA, that they were ADA compliant compliant or capable or, you know.
0: And that they would give you a wristband when you got there that was supposed to, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know what the point of that wristband was going to signify exactly.
1: If you're kind of spinning around in circles, walking around or something, you had your wristband, maybe you hold your wrist up or something. I don't know. <laughs> we're
0: being a little sarcastic at this point, right. as you can
1: imagine. So I read that and I'm like, okay, fine. This is promising. Okay, good. So I get a response. This is not a service that we can do. I'm like okay. So I just responded again and I said, Okay, what exactly do the volunteers do? What are the what are the the reasoning for the volunteers? You know. Do they just
0: shepherd people from place to place? Help people find where they want to go. I mean, what do they do? Hand out wristbands. What do they do?
1: And I heard crickets. Yes. So.
0: There is another piece of this, however. In that same email that you received, they offered us something.
1: Yes. They said that they would give us a complimentary pass to bring a companion. A companion pass is what they called it.
0: Now, in theory... That's great. I suppose this is great and well and good and a very generous thing to offer. In the real world, however, this is looking like at least probably $1,500 in money for us to bring this, quote, companion. And then quote, another
1: 750 for them when all is said and done. Plane tickets, their food, and their hotel.
0: Absolutely. And are you going to really find somebody who's interested enough to go to 90s con with you? Probably not. Probably
1: not. And get time off work. And get
0: time off work. I mean, you know, we had this scheduled into our lives. We knew that this was something we were going to be able to do, and we scheduled it. So we made room for it. You can't go and ask people a little in advance. Oh, hey, by the way, you want to take off and go to Nineties scon with us? I mean, it doesn't make sense. If you look at it logically, in general, this doesn't make sense. The thought is nice. But if you're really thinking about it, would a sighted person... Go to their next door neighbor and say, hey, I need help with blah. Will you go to blah with me? Does that even make sense?
1: Let's go to 90s con uh, neighbor. Neighbor. No. Hey,
0: neighbor. No. It makes no sense. It's one thing if you are bringing a sighted person with you anyway. Okay. Right. That's okay. Right. So then you could even contact them maybe and say, hey, you know, could I get something off my pass? I don't even. Somebody who's interested. You know, then you could say, hey, you know, could I get something off my pass because they're going to be assisting me in addition to going themselves. And that's the other thing of it. If you get somebody who really wants to go, if you found somebody like your cousin or your sister or whoever, and they're actually interested in showing up, they got things they want to do, too. That's they don't want to be there schlepping you around continuously. Anyway, we were annoyed.
1: When I responded, you know, I said, what do they do? And I reiterated the Star Wars convention that I was able to get somebody. From the front desk. Now, when I went to the Star Wars convention, I just went. I didn't call ahead or contact head or whatever to see what could be done accessibly for the convention that I went to. And in a way, that worked out. But, you know, it's again about the the money, too.
0: Yeah, it's a risk.
1: Do you want to go and get shut down there? Probably not. So we decided... That we weren't going to go.
0: Yeah, and it's unfortunate because this is something we really wanted to do. We thought it was going to be very fun. It's one of those things where we both knew we'd find things that we would enjoy. And because this is a pretty big deal, I was looking at numbers. People who have showed up previously and how many. And there are thousands upon thousands. I mean, this is a big deal, apparently. (laughs) And it's a lot of people. So trying to get through all this stuff. I mean, you were talking about the irony. The irony is you can go to the airport, board your flight, go to Hartford where this thing is located, and get to the convention center. Right. And then you're screwed, for lack of a better term.
1: There's no indoor navigation, you know, that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. So you're out there. There's a lot of people. I mean...
0: Yes, you were telling me, too, that when you initially did the Star Wars convention, that first day, you...
1: It was stressful. You tried to do it
0: yourself, and it was really stressful.
1: It was really stressful. It took away
0: from your enjoyment of the convention.
1: It could be done, sort of. Sort of. But, I mean, I remember walking into the area where, you know, the vendors were. And I must have passed the same vendor, like, five times. You know, just because you're getting yourself kind of turned around, and you're just kind of following crowds and stuff.
0: And people don't know what to do with that. They don't know what to tell you. Or they're looking at you like you've got two heads.
1: Sure. But... That day was stressful because I couldn't find the panels that I wanted to go to, and I really honestly don't remember how I got from panel to panel. I probably opened up my mouth, but it was pretty stressful that first day. The second day with the person, I was able to zoom around. She was having a good time, and I remember I was in one panel, and she and I were there, and somebody came to relieve her. You know, another volunteer, and she says, "Nope, I'm staying here. I'm having too good of a time." So that was kind of fun.
0: I think the most annoying part, the most frustrating piece of this for me was how quickly we were shut down. Mm-hmm. I had a little bit of a problem with that. I don't know what you assume. Do you assume we're scamming you? Going back to scams. I mean, wh- what are you thinking here? You know, I'm not going to contact you. I'm not going to go out and try and con someone. It's you know, obviously yeah. not what I'm doing.
1: Right. I uh, can't
0: prove that to you, but.
1: We didn't try to get anything off. No. You know?
0: No, we weren't looking for discounts. We weren't looking for anything like that. We're going to come and spend our money and buy your overpriced souvenirs right. and all these things.
1: Pay $20 to get a picture with a celebrity. Absolutely. Or whatever. You know, it whatever,
0: is. whatever it was we were going to do. Or just to go to the meet and greets. Whatever. Just have a fun weekend. That's all we wanted. We wanted a couple's weekend away. And the fact that we were shut down so quickly was disconcerting.
1: Because I had responded in my email, and one of the things that I had said, something about, you know, just reconsider, take it a little bit higher up in your company, and see. And I said, you know, what do the volunteers do? I'm sure they could have spared one or two volunteers for the weekend.
0: Yeah, And, you know, obviously we're not going to hear anything, and I don't think we'd go at this point if we did. That was one of the things we were talking about, because at this point in the game, we're not sure we trust what's going on now anyway. I mean, yeah, maybe you try it again in a year or two years or whatever, but it was definitely disconcerting and kind of sad, probably because we had such good experiences locally recently in doing this exact same thing. But this is an example of how it doesn't always work
1: in your favor. And this is why we're bringing it to your attention. We're not complaining Mm -mm. on the podcast. We're just saying that sometimes things just don't work out.
0: They don't. And depending on how far you want to take it, I suppose you could take this higher and do something about it yourself. We're not personally willing to do that at this stage in the game. I mean, it was a place we wanted to go and something we wanted to do. But we're going to let that go, and maybe we'll try again later. But that's kind of where we are.
1: Well, I had bent when I had said take it up higher in the email I had meant taking it up to maybe a supervisor of the person who actually wrote the email sure you know
0: sure we don't know who that was we don't know anything about that but what I'm talking about is we could take it higher in terms of seeing what was necessary with the ADA and what is the minimum thing they have to offer but my guess is they know that already and they did and this is their quote modification quote Right. Which is a joke, but that's another story. Oh, well. Oh, well. So, we won't be doing that vacation, unfortunately. And now for something completely different. I don't know how many of you have been experiencing this, but in the northeast and in the southeast lately, it has been
1: frigid. It's winter in the northern hemisphere, (laughs) and it's cold.
0: It is cold. It is very cold, and colder than normal in terms of the majority of winter. So, we've been in the teens and in the single digits here over the past couple weeks, and we know some of you have too, and that's without the wind chill. So, it's been really cold. As a result, we bought ourselves a space heater. Now, we've talked about a space heater previously, and it's the same brand as the one we bought from Target recently. It's Alaska, L-A-S-K-O. This one is different, however, than the last one we talked about, and unfortunately, we don't have a model number. this one, but I'm sure we can find it. We're going to look for it and provide a link to you guys in the show notes so that you'll be able to access it. And this is a mid-sized tower heater and it has a remote. So in that sense, it's kind of like the other one. It's 1500 watts, which again is like the previous one that we talked about. And it's supposed to heat a room, what did I say, up to 300 square feet? Yes. So that's pretty great. It's got a ceramic heating element it's got cool touch controls on the front it's got an auto shut off when you touch the ceramic you can touch it like 20 or 30 seconds after you've turned off the heat so in that sense it's great it plugs into the wall and you can get a lot of heat really quickly we've been putting it upstairs in our bedroom because for whatever reason it's freezing up there pretty much continually and within 10 minutes of having this thing on we can raise our temperature in the bedroom two to three degrees So that gives you an idea of how well it works. So it's pretty tall. It's about 20.4 inches tall by seven by seven. So seven wide and seven thick. It's pretty portable and you can put the remote onto the back. You can hang it on the back of the here, which is great. And it's got a nice thin profile. So you can easily find a place to stand it up. Now talk about the stand, speaking of standing, because it came with a two piece Stand that you would stick it on.
1: Yeah, it's no tools required, no screwdriver required, and you basically put the two pieces together, and then you snap it onto the bottom of the heater. So it's round. It's to keep it from tipping over. You really need the stand there for obvious reasons. You can't stand up the heater without it.
0: Right. And how do the two pieces go together?
1: You just kind of put them together, and then they kind of snap together, and then you put the just stand. Snaps onto those two pieces together.
0: Yeah, that snaps onto the bottom of the heater. So that's necessary when you get it before you start the thing up. It has microwave style controls on both the front facing controls and on the remote. This is the remote that I'm touching now. The remote takes two AAA batteries and you do have to point it <clears throat> directly. <laughs> At the heater, and I'm laughing because there's an amusing story here.
1: Well, you don't really have to.
0: Oh, you don't have to? No. Okay.
1: But the reason you have to <laughs> is because we have a Lasco fan, upright tower fan, in the bedroom for the summertime. So, when she turned it off with the remote, the fan turned on.
0: It was a little strange. I was like, what well, just happened? You're like, you like, you turned the fan on. oh Okay. I thought we had unplugged the fan. Surprise!
2: Nope.
0: <laughs> so... We got this during the winter. They're selling out like crazy around here because it has been so cold. And we decided we wanted to warm up our living room when we're down here in the living room and our bedroom when we're upstairs. So we got this just before the cold snap hit, before our last lake advisory snow (laughs) began to fall.
1: They're called lake effect snows.
0: Okay, Okay. lake effect snow then. (laughs) Whatever. I've only lived by a lake for two and a half years, all right? So... We got this thing, and I'm going to tell you kind of how it works. The remote and the controls on the front, unfortunately, are different in terms of their layout. So, on the remote, on the left of the remote, we have oscillating, and we have power. The oscillation's really good, by the way. Then, down from that, on the next row, we have timer and high-slash-low. Now, talk about high-slash-low.
1: High-slash-low is either high power or lower power, and... You really can't tell the difference. It's very subtle. But let's talk about the timer. So you hit the timer one time. It starts off at 30 minutes. And it goes up to eight hours in 30-minute increments. But if you're sitting there and you're hitting 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, and you totally forget what you're doing, all you need to do is turn it off and then turn it back on. And it sets it back to 30 minutes when you press it for the first time.
0: Yes. So it resets itself, which is cool. So under the timer and high slash low button, We have the temperature buttons, so you can go lower on the left or higher on the right. So you can actually set a temperature that you desire it to go to.
1: We haven't used those.
0: We haven't used those. On the main unit, let's talk about how it works. On top, all by itself, you have power. Down from power, you have lower temp and higher temp. Then you have oscillation, the oscillation button, and the timer. And that is how the front unit controls are fixed. So if you were sighted, you'd be able to look at those front controls and be able to press those easily as well. But you've also got the remote. So I'm gonna show you on the remote how this works. I'm just gonna turn on the heater and I'm gonna do that with the button on the top right. It's very low. I'm gonna turn on oscillation with the button on the left and it should be oscillating now. And then where did I say on the remote the um, high-low is?
1: It's the second row down under power.
0: So let's go to the second row on the right. And you do hear a little click,
1: but as far as the blowing or the fan, you really can't tell. I
0: think that might be high. I'm do it again, and you hear the little click again, so it's changed it. I'll do it one more time, because you can actually hear it changing something there. I think that's high myself, just because I'm feeling it kind of blowing me a little bit. Uh-huh. I suspect that that one is high, but see how much quieter it is even than the previous one that we talked about several years ago. So this is quieter. It was also more expensive. But this is also the middle winter too. And we know how things have been with terms of expense. So this cost us 57 bucks and we're not complaining at all <laughs> because it's been awesome. It's been an awesome little friend and it's heated up our space very, very well. And these are controls you can learn, especially if you're just going to use one or the other in terms of the front controls or the remote, you can kind of take your pick or you can learn both. You can figure that out. And if you press, The timer button, I'm not going to press it right this second, but if you press the timer button, it will beep, just like these other controls have been beeping. You'll know each time you press, you'll hear a beep. So, great little heater, and it's been a nice, helpful thing. So, if you've got an apartment, or you've got a big, drafty house, or even a little drafty house with one room that you spend most of your time in, you can put it in there, or you can carry it from room to room with you, if there are a couple places you spend most of your time. And you can carry it. It's got a built-in carry handle. And it will help keep you toasty.
1: Let's talk about one more cool thing before we wrap this up. Cool. And that is packages.
0: All right. What about packages have you learned recently?
1: <laughs> I learned that I don't have to go to UPS when I have to send something back to UPS. So I don't have to take an Uber or a Lyft to do that.
0: Now, there are some caveats, but we'll get to that.
1: Right. So we were trading in Kim's Apple Watch. Yep, as I upgraded. We talked about in the last podcast. And we were trying to figure out how we are going to get it to UPS, because Apple sends you a box with a label as we talked about in the last episode. And you basically peel off the top label, you put your returned product in the box, and you seal it up and send it back. Right?
0: But you have to take it to UPS to do this. It's not USPS, you can't drop it in the mailbox.
1: One thing we had learned, I knew that they did this, both Uber Eats, or Uber, I can't remember which one, and DoorDash do UPS pickups. So, you're asked a couple questions. Is it a box? Is it a padded envelope? Is it worth under $500?
0: So, there's your caveat. If it's worth more than $500, they won't come pick it up for you.
1: Well... They would pick it up if you said it's five hundred dollars, but if your fifteen hundred dollar iPhone, for example, gets lost or stolen, they're not responsible for it.
0: Okay, I didn't realize they would pick it up if it was worth more than five hundred
1: well, bucks. They won't. They say they won't, but if you tell it it's only worth five hundred bucks, how are uh, they? Supposed yeah, exactly. To
0: know? Well, exactly. You could,
1: you know, potentially
0: get yourself in some serious trouble in terms of losing your gazillion dollar thing.
1: Right. So if you had a fifteen hundred dollar phone and you're sending back to Apple for repairs and it gets lost, blah blah blah. Yeah, you know, you're out of luck. Yeah. They're doing that to cover themselves. Yes, absolutely. You know. If a driver decides that they want your package more than UPS does, <laughs> you know, then yep. that's all you're gonna get for your package. Having said that, the watch wasn't worth five hundred dollars. So you check the box and it says Do you have a label or a barcode? If you had a barcode, you'd have to take a picture of the barcode and send it to a dasher in the chat. And I think the barcode is there so that they can generate the label at UPS without you having to have a label already. That's the only thing I can understand. If you get, like, an Amazon package or something, and you have to take it to UPS for return. I think that they send barcodes with the label. But anyway... I selected to have a label because it had the label on it already pre-done. I had scheduled the Dasher to come pick it up. And the cool thing was is you do either handoff to the Dasher or you can tell the Dasher where the box is. I told them that it was in a specific spot, literally underneath the camera. So you're sitting in your house, you're getting notifications. It said so-and-so has just picked up your package. And then it tells you when they've dropped it off, which is really cool, too.
0: Yeah, it tells you they're headed to UPS. It tells you they've dropped it off. We've done this twice now, and it's super cool. We really love the convenience of being able to do this. And DoorDash, at least, also has USPS, same kind of thing.
1: I think they all do, USPS or maybe even FedEx or something. So it allows you to not have to take an Uber or a Lyft that's going to cost you 15 bucks each way.
0: Absolutely. You know. And it would. <laughs>
1: and it would. I think it was $3 flat rate fee for them to come pick it up.
0: I mean, that's crazy. You we know. couldn't believe that. And we understand those of you who don't have access to, say, DoorDash or Uber Eats in your area probably get really, really angry with us for talking about all these conveniences. I feel you because I used to be you. And I know how frustrating this can be. But for those of you who have the option to use this stuff, number one, you're giving somebody a little bit of an extra tip to drive to your house and grab your thing and take it to UPS or USPS or whatever and save you the trouble of hiring an Uber or a Lyft. Right. So, in that sense, it's great. It's also very convenient for you. And if you know it's something you've got to get done anyway, then... Don't procrastinate. Just go ahead and get it done. The last package we sent off this way, we only had like two days left to send it. So we were like, okay, we got to get this done. So we did.
1: Yeah, I got I got an email from Apple. Apple. <laughs> uh, we haven't received your thing yet. Are you still going to do it? And it's like, if it's in transit, that's okay. We'll know.
0: So it's very easy. It's very convenient. And it saves you a lot of trouble. And then if you're sending to Apple like we were, you can track it in the Apple Store app, which is cool. That's true. <laughs> It's really nice. So just something to let you guys know about as a convenience. Would have been cooler if we could have told you this before Christmas. We know. But there's always packages to be sent.
1: Yes. And it's a nice convenient way to do it. I'll do it if I have to send something UPS. Heck yeah. Maybe for the business or what have you. Absolutely. Or let's say
0: I was sending a care package to my mom. Something like that. Yeah. it's very cool. Yeah. So thank you, guys. We know this episode was a little all over the map. We hope you found something in here of interest to you. And we will be back in February.
1: In February, absolutely.
2: Bye. The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. If you are blind or visually impaired and wish to experience less stress and more fun on your unique assistive technology journey, Our comprehensive audio documentation and additional offerings are here to support you. We welcome your visit at mysticaccess.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-C-A-C-C-E-S-S dot com. Have a question or wish to place an order via phone? Call us at 716-543-3323. If you have comments to share about this episode, follow our phone menu prompts to reach our Mystic Access podcast comment line. Email us at info at mysticaccess.com and connect with us on social media, Mastodon mysticaccess.online and facebook.com slash mysticaccessempower. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? Anyone may explore our extensive archives and subscribe to receive our bi-weekly episodes at mysticaccesspodcast.com If you enjoy our content, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for spreading the word and for being a listener. We hope you enjoyed this episode.